Hello everybody, how are you this beautiful day, this beautiful day that the Lord has made? I'm Karen Jane Casey on the podcast, Turn to God with Karen. And every Wednesday morning, we have Sword of the Spirit. And as we go out each day, we know that we need to have our full armor of God on. That's described for us in Ephesians 6. Well, we find in Ephesians 6 that the Sword of the Spirit is our weapon that we can use when the enemy attacks. And what is the sword of the Spirit? It is the Word of God. The Word of God. God breathed. God inspired. That's where we find out about the character of Jesus, the promises God has for us, and the salvation message. Well, as you may know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And as a survivor, now an advocate, I plan to speak on various topics within that arena. On on Wednesdays, we say, abuse no more. Abuse no more. Well, what does the Bible say about abuse? Quite a lot, actually. In the first episode of October, we concentrated on abusive life. Well, whatever happens to cause ourselves to be a victim, then what do we do? Remain a victim, walk out of it, or even become an abuser? Last week, we looked at the abusive home, talking about the abuser and the need to safely leave that dangerous and habitually toxic environment. If you haven't watched or listened to these episodes, I hope that you will go back to them. So today's episode title is, What is He to Do? What is He to Do? Well, you know... That the abuser can be a female, but from my experience and statistics, the abuser is usually a male. With his intimate partner, the victim, usually a female. So that's, that's what we're going with, even though we know that there are other scenarios out there. It's within the domestic violence environment. What does the Bible say on this? Some people might believe that the man is the head of the household, the main breadwinner, so therefore he can handle his wife and his children as he sees fit. He's the king of this castle. Well, that's not really true. In my opinion, the most compelling answer to the Bible, in the Bible, would be the spiritual principle that what you sow, that you will also reap. So... In this case, the abuser would be sowing bad stuff and reaping it. The principle is so broad that it reaches out in every facet of life, not just about domestic violence environments. And I'm going to read to you Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8 in the Living Bible. Don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. A man will always reap just the kind of crops that he sows. If he sows to please his own wrong desires, he will be planting seeds of evil, and he will surely reap a harvest of spiritual decay and death. But if he plants the good things of the Spirit, he will reap the everlasting life that the Holy Spirit gives him. So, you know, in life we always have choices how we're going to treat others. And there are consequences when we decide to be mean-spirited. Going by this, if a man is mean-spirited and gives into evil desires that are abusive, mistreatments, maltreatments of others, 
then he will experience the same destruction in his personal life. Well, not maybe. He will find that there are consequences. When those, when those consequences happen, however severe, they happen to that mean-spirited person. Don't you want to be far, far away from that? I want to be far, far away from it. I don't want any of it to fall on me just because I'm nearby. You may ask, are there any examples in the Bible of such a thing? And there is. There's lots of them. But the one in particular that came to my mind was the story about Abigail and her husband Nabal. And that's in 1 Samuel chapter 25. So you find out initially that Abigail and her husband, her husband is wealthy. And um, she's an intelligent, beautiful woman. But her husband is very uncouth, stubborn, and ill-mannered. We can only imagine what it must have been like for her to live with a man in that sort of behavior or character. David came to their property from the wilderness. And we're talking about the same David who was the shepherd boy who killed Goliath. And then King Saul was after him to take his very life because he was jealous. David had become more popular with uh, the kingdom than King Saul was. And then David was soon to become the king. That's the David I'm talking about. Anyway, David sent messengers to ask Nabal for a contribution of provisions while he was in the wilderness. That, and Nabal could easily provide it because he was a wealthy man. After all, David and his men had protected Nabal's property. David had treated Nabal well, well, and it was anticipated that he would help. Well, being the nasty man that he was, Nabal responded very ugly. And I'm, I'm going to read those couple verses that kind of mm, slams the nail in his coffin. Anyway, verse 10 through 11. Who is this fellow David, he sneers. Who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and my water and my meat that I've slaughtered for my shearers and give it to a gang who comes from God, from God knows where? Well, why would he say such slurry things? Can you imagine how cruel and insulting that message was? Of course, Nabal did know exactly who David was. And... Just as surely, not caring who it may affect, his wife, his family, his servants, and even his livestock, and what he said, he didn't care. David and some of his men, 400 of them, were prepared to slaughter everyone. Nabal, his family, his stock, his servants, everyone. So what stopped him from doing that? Abigail found out what her husband had done and went to David with enormous gifts and with an appeal for David not to attack. and she, Like I said, she was intelligent, very intelligent woman. Abigail was well aware that Nabal faced consequences for his behavior, and she was out to save her entire household from also facing his consequences. See what I mean? She wanted to save her whole household from the consequences she knew he would be facing. Another reason to be far away from mean-spirited people. We don't want what's coming to them to fall upon ourselves as well. When we know that they're mean-spirited and not, not being right, 
being abusive, we know the bad stuff is going to happen to them. In verse 24 through 31, Abigail does well to plead her case, at the same time blessing David and encouraging him not to take vengeance. And I hope you'll go back and read that. In the midst of what she says to David, she admits that her husband is a bad-tempered bore, a fool, and she's aware that Nabal is cursed because of his behavior. She's aware of that. David is relieved that Abigail has stopped him from taking vengeance on everyone. He was glad that she had good sense. He vowed not to harm anyone. And what about Nabal? Did he reap what he had sown? He absolutely did. In the next scene, he had a huge party in honor of himself, of course, and he became very drunk, probably did that often. And so Abigail told him later what had transpired once he had sobered up. And um, so I'll read verse 37 through 38. By that time, he, Nabal, was sober, and when his wife told him what had happened, he had a stroke and lay paralyzed for about ten days. And then he died because the Lord killed him. The Lord killed him. That should scare any of us, all of us, from being evil toward others and from being anywhere near in the vicinity of an angry and abusive man, certainly not supporting them and encouraging them, and their instruction on how we're supposed to do for others generally. Is there instruction? Well, uh, what about the greatest commandment? That includes to love your neighbor, and your neighbor is those who need help. The golden rule, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Is there instruction in the Bible as to how we should a man should treat his wife? Well, yeah, there's numerous. But I'm only going to touch on four of them in the Living Bible. And you can look up the rest yourself, but I think these are very poignant. Hebrews 13:4. Honor your marriage and its vows and be pure, for God will surely punish all those who are immoral or commit adultery. 1 Peter 3, 7, Husbands must be careful with your wives, being thoughtful of their needs and honoring them. Remember that you and your wife are partners in receiving God's blessings. And if you don't treat her as you should, your prayers will not get ready answers. Wow, so you can keep yourself from getting answered prayer when you're mistreating your partner, your significant other, your intimate partner in life. Okay, Colossians 3.19 and you, and you husbands must be loving and kind to your wives and not bitter against them or harsh. Not bitter against them or harsh. Ephesians 5.25 is a, the most significant to me. It says, Husbands, show the same kind of love to your wives as Christ showed to the church when he died for her. So, you know, the marriage is a picture of Jesus Christ and his love for the church. And he was willing to be sacrificed for the church. Well, husbands should love their wives to that extreme, to the extent that they're willing to sacrifice them, themselves for their wife. I'm not talking about killing themselves, but I'm talking about sacrifice maybe their wants and needs and, and thoughtfulness for their loved ones. I want to reiterate 
this important step towards overcoming, and I, I talked about it at length last week, so if you haven't heard it, I hope you go back to that. But anyway, I want to reiterate this important step towards overcoming, which has been covered um, last week, as I said. Safely leave your dangerous or habitually toxic environment. I encourage you to dial 911 if it's an emergency, and you can reach out to shelters for professional services to devise a safe escape plan. That's so important, especially if children are involved. The National Domestic Violence Hotline number is 1-800-799-7233. Safe. Please know that the Lord did not mean for you to remain in an habitually toxic or abusive environment with mean-spirited people. And like I said, sowing and reaping really happens. You don't want any consequences to spill over into your life. I have a free brochure available that spells out all five of the ingredients to my recipe for overcoming. Simply go to my website contact page and request it. Uh, Let's see if I have a copy of it. Yes. Hope for your future. Hope for your future. My hope and prayer for you is that you will live with abuse no more. Abuse no more. Well, thank you for joining me today. I hope you join me every Wednesday morning in the episode of Sword of the Spirit with a podcast, Turn to God with Karen. As you may know, I have episodes every Monday on Turn to God with Karen, a hope and faith journey where we bring encouragement and hope for healing through challenges in life. And then every Friday we have Karen's Book Corner where I talk about books I've written or books that other authors have written. This is Karen Jane Casey, author, speaker, podcaster, domestic violence, victim advocate, and ambassador for Christ. So please go to my website's contact page and send me your comments, your suggestions, any feedback is always welcome. And my website is KarenJaneCasey.com. When you go there, you'll see information about my books, my blogs, also pertinent resource information about domestic violence. Well, thank you and God bless.